So, Mr. Jackson, what seems to be the problem? It's my insomnia, Doctor. I tried everything, but I just can't get to sleep at night. I see. So, the pills I gave you, they're not working? No. Okay, well, this calls for extreme measures. I'm going to prescribe to you qualifying for the 2012 Indian Grand Prix. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth and there's no hope for me because when a friend phoned me up the other week and asked me to advise what car I think they should buy, do you know what I said? For some reason I immediately thought Citroen DS and I don't know why. Why would you recommend that to anyone who just wants a car? A shooting brake or an S-Max? Curiously, no. Do you know what I suggested? I said, that was the voice of Zong, by the way. How you do? Hello. I actually suggested they bought a Honda Jazz, which is why I think there's no hope for me. Well, that's all right. Hey, I mean, exactly. Whenever choice. I get asked to recommend cars for people to buy, yeah. if it's someone who's not especially into cars and they just need a car, I always recommend something Japanese because I'm pretty confident it won't break down mm. and then they won't come round to my house and shout at me for yeah, recommending exactly. a a car that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I have Which is why I wouldn't recommend a Citroen DS to, <laughs> you know, my godmother. Because she'd ring me up and go, Richard, it's leaking green fluid all over the drive again. I'm not sure what's happening. I keep recommending old Mercedes estates to people who have got sort of young families and they're yeah, sort of looking yeah, at MPVs and things. Yeah. And I said, no, don't get one of those silly. Get, get an old Mercedes estate. Nice and cheap. A bit more character. Have, have you decided on a, a car for your dog option yet? No, I know she can't drive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah come on. Don't forget to try the real tippy waiter. Yeah. Because I know you've travelled a bit recently and you've seen some unusual, interesting cars in the America. Did any of those fit your requirements as being dog-friendly? No, I didn't. I temporarily suspended my dog wagon quest because yeah, I went to the US the other week. Well, they don't like estates in the US. They don't. Wagons, they don't like wagons. They no. don't, because they That's have SUVs. I did get led down a path that I had already tentatively stepped down, was while I was there, I was given a lift in someone's Land Rover Discovery 3, or LR3, as they call it out Yeah, there. it's not called the Discovery, is no, it? No, because yeah. Discovery has such a bad rap out there from the Clutches, previous generation. transmission, everything, yeah. Oh. And so, it's called the LR3 out there, but it's the same car, and I got a ride in that. Now, the crucial thing is that over there... His car, as they all are, was petrol-powered, 4.4-litre V8, made a discreet but pleasant V8 noise, had a bit of a turn of speed, and I thought, this is just magnificent. To the point, I came back to this country and started looking up petrol Discovery 3 on Autotrader on the basis that they must be so unwanted, Mm -hmm. they'll be incredibly cheap, and I could use all the money I've saved over not buying a diesel one to put fuel in it, and then I decided that was an incredibly stupid idea. (laughs) And the road tax would be like 425 quid a year. And, you know, before, you'd know, I'd just be bankrupt. But I've come over here tonight in a Discovery 4, the latest one, which I borrowed from Land Rover because I said to them, I'm thinking of buying a Discovery. And they very kindly said, well, do you want to try one out for a week and see if the dog likes it? The dog loves it. It's got a nice big boot. Also, split tailgate, you know, that bottom bit. So what I discovered last night is I didn't put her sort of cage thing in. I just lined the boot, bunged the dog in, and then you can put the bottom bit up 
then you can take her lead off her collar and she can't escape uh-huh. and run from the boot as uh-huh. she tries to do sometimes. And then you close the top bit. What? And that glass, you know, that dips down, yeah. she can look out, because she's oh. only four months old, so she's, she's quite wee. She can look out the back. I noticed for the first time in any car that she was just watching the road going yeah. by behind us. And well, what exactly are your dog's criteria for liking a car? I'm interested in, you know, can you say well, the dog likes it? I mean, she likes Bluetooth and uh, audio, preferably as well. No. <laughs> She's a dog. I mean, quite honestly, she sits on the back seat of our Fiat 500. We've got a little harness and it clips into the seatbelt thing. She's happy as anything. Put a towel I hope, down. I mm. hope it's got, like, Momo insets on It would be nice. It hasn't at the moment. But she's yeah. growing. We're going to need a bigger one. I'll do get you, a Momo one. Do you know what you need? That Volvo that we had, the XC70, yeah. it's got a fold-down top cage that separates the rear load area oh, okay. from the back. It just folds Clever. down from the roof. Very nice and plops into place. Lovely. The See, I thought that was for children. <laughs> I did use that to keep the kids in there for a while. That was actually brilliant because we had so much stuff in the back that that stopped it all from flying forward and I slammed on the anchors. One of those would do. Um, do you see, I'm in a bit of a dilemma on this one. I'm sorry to go on about my problems that aren't really problems, but I don't know what to get. Part of me wants a car that's fun to drive. The truth is, the dog at the moment isn't very big, but the vet has warned us she could get up to about 40 kilos at full stretch, which is six stone. That is actually quite that's, a big dog. Yeah, it's a fairly big dog. So yes. there is, in a way, a need for a big car, but not that big. The discovery I'm driving at the moment, I, at various points, start to think this could be all the car you might ever need. It's not a sports car, clearly, but it's not dreadful to it's drive. It's too big. If it you is too very, big. Well, here's an interesting thing. I met the man who designed London, the Discovery. Dude. I know, I know, it's socially unacceptable. But, yeah, yeah. but the man who designed the Discovery said to me, I said that I really like the Discovery, but, you know, it's too massive for London. Hmm. He went, you know, it's not as big as people think. It's pretty much... The length of a Ford Mondeo estate. 4.83 metres, is that right? I don't know. In fact, the Mondeo Mondeo saloon. Estate. I know, the saloon is even longer. Bizarrely. The The saloon is longer than a Discovery. The estate is not. I don't know why. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Do you do a quick search for us and find out the length of the Land Rover Discovery 4? Just out of interest, I bet it's 4.84 metres or thereabouts. It isn't massive, you're right. It's just very tall and very It's very tall and very imposing. The man who designed it sold me a brilliant thing. You know that car design cliche about even when it's stopped, it looks like it's moving? Mm. Which I heard like three times at the Paris show in presentations and things. It's just, oh God, it's such a cliche. But this chap, Andy Wheel, he's amusingly called, who designed the really? Discovery 3 slash 4, said when they were doing that car, they wanted it to look like it was stopped even when it was moving. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you know, I, think, I, I know what you mean, Tom. It's just too big, yeah. but it's a very nice thing to drive and it has a lot to recommend it. If I had three children and a dog, I think it would be much more persuasive. It's As good it stands, for hounds. My wife and I, rattling around in that with the mutt in the back, just looks a bit, you know, knobby. So, a bit um, North London. It's a bit of, North London. Well, I live in North London. What can I do? Too, hang, yeah. on, hang on, we got news coming in. Yeah. yeah. Yes, millimetres. Can we have both? Because I'm really bad on metric stuff. Four thousand eight hundred and thirty-eight millimetres. Go on, what's that? One hundred ninety point five inches. One hundred ninety. So that's what? That's three for for about a thousand feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's about, we're in a full spinal tap. <laughs> about, uh, a thousand hours. Half the length of a blue whale or yeah. a Labrador. Uh, no, it's, it's it's two it is surprisingly not as big as you think, but the sheer height of it just mm. makes it look massive and therefore makes people think that you're a selfish, awful human being. It's fine. The, 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 the as long as it's not an X5, I'm exactly. know, a little bit as better. As well, they're socially unacceptable yeah. and there's just looking like a dreadful <laughs> 
Good evening, sir. Very nice car you've got here. Thank you, officer. It's a Land Rover Discovery. I really like it. I bet you do, sir. Do you know how fast you were going back there? I'm sorry, I don't. I can't actually read numbers. I'm a dog, you see. Well, actually, sir, you were six miles per hour under the speed limit. So do you know why I've stopped you? Oh, I get it. Late at night, nice car. It's because I'm a black Labrador, isn't it? Yes, Petrol! We got a Jones on speed! There are two, there are three, there, there are nine things that occupy my life all the time. I won't list all nine of them. Mm. I will list the top two. The things that take up most of my life are running our children to various clubs <laughs> and things. Which involves cars. Yeah. And the other one is maintenance, usually of the house or mm. the car or some piece of equipment that the children have broken. There is one thing that dumped... My children dumped... <laughs> <laughs> Your life... Fear. Total obedience to the Catholic yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, I'm with you on yeah. that quote completely. Zog, so your life is dominated in many ways by your sheer bloody-mindedness and determination to fix everything on your Porsche, isn't it? Well, occasionally, early this year, it was rather dominated by my determination to fix a whole load of stuff. I spent quite a while doing timing belts and balance belts and cylinder head gaskets and stuff. Got it all done. Got it all done. done. It's it's, it's actually, you know, I can... It did go rattle for a while, but then you fixed it. I can attest that you can, even without having done a lot of these jobs before, if you're just prepared to dive in there and read the right sources, ask advice from the right people and, you know, have a bit of patience, get the right tools and some nitric acid, you can fix just about anything. But, yeah, it's... You've um, been fixing it again. What have you fixed this time? Uh, well, yeah, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a big... Well, because as I was hinting to you before, I was just recently just doing a couple of little things, you know, very simple things compared to the rather challenging mechanical stuff I was doing before. Mm. But things that just actually made a huge difference to the everyday experience of running your car. But the main thing was just fixing my washer jets, which have been a bit iffy for quite a while. And fixing this was harder than... what well, did you replace the con rod in your engine, didn't you? No, no, well, <laughs> no, it was not harder than doing all of the cylinder head stuff, but it was infuriatingly hard to get to the root of a couple of things that were wrong with it. Because, Why? Because basically, well, to get back to the start, the jets just weren't working reliably. And, you know, if they're not working reliably, that's hardly any use to you. Because most of the time, when you work your washers... You're doing it because you can't see out of your windscreen as well as you'd like, and you want to see better right then and there. And if the jets aren't coming on, then that's really not very helpful. Systems not doing what it says. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Washer jets completely broke on a car that I had years ago, and I started trying to fix it. They're very fiddly, and you know it seems there was some blockage somewhere, and the pipework goes all down the bulkhead and then through the engine. The washer bottles usually moulded into some obscure shape to fit into a spare yeah, hole yeah, a funny, yeah, 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 the exactly. front of the engine bay. And I just looked at this and I thought, I am way out of my depth to do something that I thought would be simple. And, you and I carried a bottle of, of water, water with one of those squirty yeah. caps on yeah, it yeah. that I just used to refill. And I would just lean my arm out of the window, which was fine if you were stuck in traffic. On the motorway, it was <laughs> a little hairy, but eventually yeah. I got a garage to fix it. It cost me like 150 quid or something, and it was a bit annoying. But you realise that washer jets are a pretty essential part of the car. I just... Re- 
weed out of a sunroof. <laughs> Pull that sunroof back and let one go. Couldn't do it while you were moving. It always ends in disappointment. And uh, that's why we don't drive behind Gary. <laughs> hey! Uh, so why was you still working? Well, I eventually got to the root of it, because the first thing is, I just need to fill it up again. And, you know, it wasn't that the water kept leaking out. So it had um, water um, in it and it wasn't leaking? It had water in it. The pump was working? The pump was working. Check that out. But the first thing I figured out was that the water wasn't staying in the pipework. That it just kind of kept draining back down. Mercury. You had mercury and in it, so, there you go. <laughs> so I got another couple of those little one-way sort of stop valves and just added those into the nice. into the tube work so the water wouldn't drain back down. Yeah. Didn't and, work? And that did stop the water draining back down, but it didn't actually solve the problem completely i still wasn't getting water out most of the time that i put the washers on mm. and a bit more investigation and i realized that there was all this kind of slime and stuff at the bottom of the tank i kept unclogging the little filter thing at the bottom of the pickup tube by slime you don't mean the 80s day glow toy that felt like snot no right. although although you know although you know, it kind of it looked very you know it was it had a little bit of greenish tinge to it and it was a bit sort of snotty and it was yeah. a bit you know and just kept you know it's just always so, gunging up what you've been doing in like, no don't even go I mean, I it was know. it was a, a, what's, like a like an algae Except, yeah, it was kind of like, maybe it was algae. You know, I didn't have it analysed, but it could have been sort of kind of some kind of algae. <laughs> Send thing. The no, 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 sludge. <laughs> no, sludge, I think, implies particulate matter Lovely. to me. God, uh, slime implies something that's a bit more kind of you know fluid and a bit yeah, more yes, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. And, th- and this was de- this was definitely exactly this was mm. definitely slime rather than sludge. I kept trying to, you know, I flushed the tank out a couple of times, and this kind of slime, it kept building up again, and it just, you know, would keep blocking up the pickup tube. And eventually what I came up with was this is a bit of a DIY thing, because as you know, I like to go for the DIY like improvised it. solution rather than just constantly topping it up with some expensive, high-tech German washer fluid. Mm. Did you employ acid again, then? No, methylated spirits. Uh, Really? Yeah, basically, I'm filling my washer tank now... With it just you know, water, really? you not come back to your parked car and find tramps suckling on your washer jets. <laughs> no, but I did once have a car that a tramp lived in for a couple of days. It's, <laughs> uh, this is the problem with having. A, this is the problem with having a car that you can't lock. That yes. occasionally people will live in it. It turns uh, out. Hang on, suck, suck. You feel fucking mess in your. Thing. Did you never park your what? car outside a club and someone put the fang out? Boom! Yeah, there goes your say, portion. It's, like, it's, a... yeah, hey, it's all about proportions. Oh, okay. It's all, you know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not filling up the tank. With oh, okay. Dilute right. exactly. It's, it's mostly water with a little bit of meths, which a has antifreeze properties, so it's going to stop the washer water from freezing so easily. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's toxic to whatever stuff it was that was making the gloop or was the gloop, whatever yeah. it was. And it's just been working like a dream ever since I put the extra valves in and then flushed it out and replaced it with my new DIY bit of water, bit of methylated spirit mixture. So that, Top tip. Yeah, maybe just a little dab of Persil or, or other washing up liquid of choice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was the solution. Works a treat. And I've got washer action every time I hit the lever. The solution, Sark, if I may put it to you, was a solution. Oh, I like it. I see There'll be more there. science-based puns in a minute. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. I just love science puns, and that is why I like these guys too. 
Gareth Jones on speed should be the podcast of choice for all scientists. It is well wicked, like a black hole with a zone of habitability around it. If only they knew what they were talking about, though. It's been an extraordinary and is still an extraordinary year, 2012. A lot of people enjoyed the Olympics in the summer. Some people enjoyed the whole... Um, how old was the Queen? Was it her birthday or something? What was it we oh, celebrated? Oh, no, it was a golden... Jubilee. Golden, Jubilee. Golden Jubilee. Golden 60, 60th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 years on the throne. Yeah. I gather Morrissey didn't enjoy it. Mm. He doesn't enjoy anything, <laughs> does he? He doesn't enjoy anything these days. And topped off very recently by some crazy astronaut jumping out of a balloon and parachuting to Earth. That was, that was incredible. Terrific. Go Felix. Wow. Apart from Morrissey. Morrissey didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I bet Morrissey won't enjoy the next major thing in my forward-looking radar. Is it the moment. Smiths reunion? Because <laughs> Morrissey is not going to enjoy that. <laughs> and I bet he won't enjoy Bloodhound SSE trying to do oh, a thousand Lord, miles no. per hour. No, no, it's not a sort of thing, is it? So no, you're much. very up on this. Give but, us the headlines. When's this supposedly happening? Then? Is it 2014 they're aiming to do it on Hackskeen Pan? But I thought they've we, had an army of people out there and they've cleared mm. tons of small stones. Yeah, up. I think that's just well, the they, of it. They've that's identified... Yeah, so they've identified the place where they're going to do it, which wasn't such an easy thing to do, you know, identifying a suitable spot. They had the sorry. motor test recently. But, yeah, well, that, sorry, just to interrupt, the place where they're doing it is a salt flat. In South Africa. Because yeah. just recently, just as an interesting aside, I, I drove on a... Sorry, is Hexkeen Pan is in South Africa. They looked at places in Australia, but they weren't quite flat enough. They, oh, okay. they used satellite okay. imagery to find the perfect place. And about the only place on Earth big enough to achieve what they're going to achieve is this Hexkeen Pan, which you hmm. can actually sing to the tune of Postman Pat, if you want. I'll just leave that with you now. Okay. I'll yeah, take you your can. word for it. Yeah, I'm can. not going to give yeah, it a try. Yeah. Yeah. And I, every time I hear Hexkeen Pan, in my head it goes... Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, mind well. Remember yeah. where you heard it first. But it is big enough, but the trouble is there's a road going across the end of it. You right. Know, but apparently they're going to manage with that somehow. They've cleared the stones from the side and they've cleared some at the end. But the car that's going to do it, this is the most wonderful thing ever. If you're trying to design a car that'll do a 1,000 miles per hour, you need a huge amount of power mm. you know, it's a real basic law of aerodynamics the faster you go the harder it is by a square to go faster and it's a square of the velocity isn't it I think I'm guessing it would be something like that the air resistance would increase with the square of your speed or that's something it like that. maybe yeah. I don't know hilarious. but it's not going to be linear is it because as you approach supersonic speed the resistance of the air is building up and building up and building up and then it drops off again once you get through the sound barrier, right? Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, that's right. Yeah, once you're through, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not a simple. Uh, you go through so, max so it can't be a simple squared law. So we don't really know what we're talking about here. But yeah, anyway. I, I don't know the math <laughs> of it. No change there. But, and so we get to the Gareth Jones on speed catch. We're just thinking it through <laughs> yeah, yeah, as exactly. we talk. We're honest about yeah. it. So they built this car, which looks like the front end of a Phantom or something. You know, a point. With a cabin. And then, have you seen the shape of the air scoop behind the driver's head? It's like a cartoon. And it's shaped rather like the A1 GP cars used to have. Mm. The same sort of shape. This air intake for the Eurofighter engine that they're using. Now, that'll get it up to 300 miles per hour. That yeah. engine. 
Pah! That's yeah. nothing. That's just to kind of get it off the line. Yeah, and that, yeah. And then it's they've like got the... Sounds like first gear, really. It's like yeah. a hybrid car, isn't it? Like, you drive your Lexus, you go up to 20 miles per hour with the electric that's, motor, and yeah. then it all tumbles. But, yeah. but it is a hybrid car, because, because is, after yeah. that, yeah, it's then a hybrid rocket motor. Yeah. That kicks Do you know in. how the motor works? Do you know, yes. probably know well, more than me. I don't, I, well, Am I, I, f- I don't know the details of this particular engine in detail, but a hybrid rocket motor, it's kind of in between... Okay, to put it as you were well know, Gareth, a solid fuel rocket motor yeah. is basically a stick of explosive yeah. and you light one end of it and, and it, it burns. Goes. No mm. throttle. No throttle. Yeah. A liquid fueled rocket motor has usually two fluids yeah. a fuel and an oxidizer, an oxidizer yeah. and you mix them in a combustion chamber and meths uh, in the windscreen washer and meths well. in the windscreen washer <laughs> bottle Make sure uh, it's and up. the beauty of your liquid fueled motor is that you can throttle it up and down mm. but mm. it doesn't produce as much raw power as mm. a solid rocket does well no I'm not sure I, I Okay, I don't know whether that's true or not. You would, you would probably be better informed than me, but the thing is, it's basically more dangerous yeah. and it's more difficult to work with because... You can't manage because, it. Because, because, you know, a stick of... It's not even no, off. No, 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 because, uh, no, no, it's, it, it's a, a liquid fuel motor you can throttle up and yeah. down, you can control it. You're talking about a solid rocket. Oh, so, yeah, and when I'm talking about a liquid fueled motor being more difficult to deal with and more dangerous, it's because you're dealing with volatile. liquids, yeah. volatile things, and yeah. things that are you know, basically much harder to manage than a stick so of wait, rock. So, wait, hang on, so, you know... We, we, well, so what they've got... the bloodhound okay. Both. In, it's oh, in between. It's in between. It's, You've got, it's got a tube of solid rocket fuel with a gap that's down the middle. a constant burn, like a firework. Yeah. Don't go back to no, it well, but It won't burn without an oxidizer. Without, yeah. And this is where ah. the hybrid bit comes in, because what you do is you pump oxidizer, you know, liquid oxygen yeah. or... Uh, HTP, they call it. High test peroxide. Basically, concentrated hydrogen peroxide. So is this where there's a smaller jet engine, engine, right? No, it's acting as a pump. Is no, they've got a Formula One, a Cosworth F1 yes, engine. I knew there was something And cool. this pumps the oxidants into the centre of this SRB, effectively, this uh, hollowed out uh, SRB. Mm. So you've got the raw power of an SRB, but it's throttleable as well because they use the motor <laughs> as a throttle because that acts as the turbo pump to get enough fuel in because rockets burn up fuel at such an outrageous rate. You have to have a hell of a pump to get the fuel in quick enough. At least if you want to get a hell of a lot of thrust, which is what you need if you want to get up to 1,000 miles. An hour. You need to burn a hell of a lot of fuel. One of the things I love about these hybrid motors is there's something wonderfully simple about them in that the hybrid fuel, the stuff to which they're adding the oxidizer in order to burn, is basically rubber. You've got a yeah. you know a load of rubber, you've got a kind mm-hmm. of a hollow tube of rubber into which you're pumping your oxidizer, put a match to it, and you've got your hybrid fuel rocket. Yeah. And you can shut it off by Turning off your Cosworth engine. Virgin Galactic are using a similar rubber and peroxide fuel oxidizer combo for the Spaceship 2, I believe, as well. Right, right. So, two people using similar technologies. I wish them well. It's a lunatic thing to do. A thousand miles per Well, hour. they said that about jumping from space and looking <laughs> it turned out well. Let's uh, think warm thought. Don't you think that jumping out of that capsule is basically an awful lot safer than driving a four-wheeled vehicle at a thousand miles an hour. Do you know what? Actually, because jumping from space is either going to go right or it's going to go wrong, but basically if it goes wrong, well, it's ah, and then it's over. But tumbling along the ground in a slowly disintegrating rocket car could go on for ages. Slowly disintegrating? You know that thing? Slowly disintegrating person. You know that that Simpsons scene where Homer goes over the edge, oh, 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 and goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, when it just goes on. It's a bit like that. I thought you meant there's some wedding vows. He writes his own wedding vows when they get remarried, Homer and Marge. 
and his thing is in life or whether spearing across the salt flats in a monkey powered <laughs> rocket fuel <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Richard Porter. Goodbye. Zog. Goodbye. Uh, me, Gareth. I wish the Bloodhound lot well when they finally get round to going for it. Oh, yeah. Actually, I want to be there recording the sound of that rocket car and the tears of everyone around. Oh my God, I can't turn the tension. Oh, it would be awful. But I want to be there. I love that kind of rocket science and motorsport crossover, which is why I have written and recorded this song in the style of BAD, which stands for Big Audi Dynamite, in our case, for copyright reasons. This is Rocket Science. See ya. The cars are on the track. We don't want it to fall apart. That's the last thing we want it
some bit of the best and get it in the wind devil. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!